let you know that God gave us His best when we were at our worst. You know, it's so easy at Christmas, isn't it? Most of us all come to celebrate the birth of Christ. But you know, the stark reality is that Jesus should never have had to come to earth. If mankind, humanity had have responded to our loving God, the way He had envisaged that He had created us, if mankind had done that, then our, His life would have been vastly different. But mankind didn't and they rebelled and were continually disobedient and wanted to do their own thing. Things that took them into greater depths of sin and destruction and things that's like, now I can't get myself out and took them further and further away from God. And when things seemed at their worst, when things seemed at their worst in our life, people just give up and they walk out. They walk out of a relationship. And why is that? Because they can't see any more reason to go on with that relationship. There appears to be no, no hope or no future. But God created us to have a wonderful relationship with Him. He looked forward to it. We, however, as always, bring sin into a relationship. The very thing that God detests. And when it got to the point with humanity that He could stand sin no more, He had had enough. Instead of walking out on us, separating from us or divorcing us, He then turned around and chose to give us His best, Jesus, when we were at our worst because He had you and me on His mind. And what of the life of Jesus living amongst us? Everything He did was motivated by love to help us and to help us lead a better life. And when most of mankind rejected Him, He turned around again and chose to give us His best when we were at our worst. It cost Jesus everything, His own life, so our sins could be forgiven. And once again, we could be in close relationship with our Heavenly Father, God. In Romans 5 in the Bible, verses 6 to 8, it says, When we were utterly helpless, with no way of escape, Christ came just at the right time and dies for us sinners who had no use for Him. Even if it were good, we really wouldn't expect anyone to die for us. Of course, that might be barely possible. But God showed us His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He had you and me on His mind. Feelings of revenge, justice, payback, bitterness, that would have been, that's what we'd gravitate to, wouldn't we? We feel hurt and we're going to make someone pay for it. But what sort of love does God operate with instead of justifying His feelings? He would choose the greater and more costly option to give of Himself to pay the price for our wrongdoing. Can you even get your head around that? And so He gave us His only Son, Jesus, who would be the only and total sacrifice required to take away the sins of humanity. When God looked at mankind, He decided to give us a gift that no one else could ever give us. No one else could ever match it. 
You see, He didn't give us a human son as a sacrifice. He gave us the very essence of who He is, pure and holy love wrapped in human form. He had you and me on His mind. John 3 verses 16 to 17 says, This is how much God loved us and loved the world. He gave us His Son, His one and only Son. And this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone can have whole and lasting life. God didn't go all the trouble of sending His Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help and put the world right again. And what made this sacrificial gift of love, Jesus, so special? What's the big deal about Jesus? Human sacrifice, which they used to do, was temporary. But Christ's sacrifice of Himself was permanent, once and for all, past, present, future. Hebrews 10, 11 to 12 says, Under the old agreement, the priest stood before the altar, day after day offering sacrifices that would never take away the sins of the world. They just covered them up. But Christ gave Himself to God for our sins as one sacrifice for all time. Also, nothing or no one else was suitable for a sacrifice for all of mankind's sins. It needed something or someone to be totally pure without a single sin or fault. And no one existed like that. No one. Hebrews 9 verses 13 to 14 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For Christ it was all or nothing. And He chose to go the whole way for you and for me. When we were at our worst, God saved His best for you and me. He had you and me on His mind. Christ chose you. While it was an incredible sacrificial gift for God to give us the gift of His Son, Jesus, there was also another incredible sacrificial choice made by Jesus Himself when He agonised in the olive grove of Gethsemane. At any time, He could have said, enough, you know, I've really had enough. I don't want to go through with this. I just don't want to do it. But in the lead up to His crucifixion on the cross, Jesus had a week full of finalities. His final visit to the temple, the final sermon, the final supper, and now the most emotional hour of the week, the final prayer. Jesus is with His disciples, Peter, James and John, and He just wants someone to be there for Him. He just wanted someone to be there for Him. And we pick up in Matthew 26, verses 38 to 44. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, 
not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even an hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away, unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things. There were no bright lights, people to feel sorry for him. Not even his disciples could stay awake to be with him. It was just him alone with God, about to face the most excruciating death. And everything within him wanted out. We can't even begin to imagine the emotional trauma and agony he was going through. Luke 22, 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. In the cold, stark reality of his surroundings, the biggest battle for humanity and mankind was won right there. Jesus made his choice and he chose you. He chose you. He chose you. He would rather go to hell for you than go to heaven without you. He had you and me on his mind when he made the most costly choice of all. And you are still on his mind today. Every breath you take and every day, you are still on his mind. And my final point today is Christ is always here for you. There are so many of life's experiences and circumstances where without Christ, we're doing it all by ourselves and in our own strength. And sometimes we make a terrible, terrible mess. We weren't created to do that. God's plan has always been for Christ to be a very real presence in your life and to help you. You may be thinking, okay, so Jesus died for my sins, but how's that gonna help me now? How's that gonna help with my marriage? How's that gonna fix my financial problems? How will that bring my family back together? How will I get rid of the shame I feel or help me from feeling so discouraged or feeling a real failure in life? How's that gonna help me? You know, failure hurts so much, not just because of the failure itself, but because of what we tell ourselves about the failure. We attach our worth as a person to the failure, but it's, not, it's got nothing to do with it at all. God loves you no matter how much or how often you fail. The reality also is that if you look at fail, failure correctly, it is a stepping stone to experiencing success if you will learn from it. But the best news of all is that although Jesus died, death simply could not keep Him down as we have sung. God raised Him back to life on the third day. Such was His DNA and the power that was part of His life. 
Now, instead of building a relationship with a dead Saviour, well, you can build a relationship with someone who has victorious power over absolutely everything, even eternal death. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, God has said, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13 verse 6 says, So now we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. When you feel like you are going through a storm in life or your back is up against the wall, Christ brings you back to the cross so you can remember all He has accomplished for you. That He chose you. He is with you every step of the way. And that you can draw on His strength and wisdom to navigate you through any of life's circumstances. Jesus is always here for you every breath you take. He's here to help you no matter what you are facing and how many times you have tried. He has you on His mind. He has you and me on His mind. 